Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundations Podcast, September 25th, 2016. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the FC Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, and there is no part of me that isn't thrilled that you're listening. Before we get to the sermon, here's what's happening right now at Foundations Church. Sunday Funday is this Sunday. Be ready for all kinds of carnival after both services. Well, all the, all the good kinds, rather. I will personally escort any clowns off the premises. Please and thank you. No, I do not find your outfits and or makeup anything but terrifying. Also, this Saturday is still men's breakfast. Come and eat the best kind of bacon, the kind that shortens your life at least six minutes per slice. Mmm, cholesterol. All right, that's it. Without any further ado, he stings like a butterfly and floats much better than the Titanic. I present to you Pastor Justin Graves. Like it was like, boom, check out this moment. And then the lights come on and my face is here. You're welcome. Um... Hey, we are glad to see you guys here. A couple things real quick before we get into our last week of Facebook theology. Um, Two things. Men, there will be bacon, and more bacon, and more bacon, so uh, for our men's breakfast. But next Sunday is the first Sunday in October. It's October 2nd. And we have what we are calling Sunday Fun Day. Everybody, every Sunday should be a Sunday Fun Day, but this one is especially a Sunday Fun Day. We are having free food. We are having free Josh's snow cone. If you don't know what a Josh's snow cone is, um, you can thank me next week after next Sunday. Um, we are having inflatables. We are having pony rides. We are having face painters. We are having a petting zoo. We are having all this, and it's free. And the reason we're doing this is because we want you to invite your friends, to invite your family, to invite your co-workers, your neighbors to church. It's that easy. We want to make it easy, make an easy way for you to invite. When it comes to Easter, it's super easy to invite people because you're like, hey, where are you going to church? You know, you got to go somewhere. It's Easter. You got to go to church on Easter, you know, and I used that on one of my buddies. It's like, bro, it's Easter. He's like, it is? And I'm like, yeah, it's easy. You got to go somewhere. You might as well come here. Um, And so I, I will tell you, Get out. We've got some of these cards in the lobby, in the bathroom, and invite people. I already have two families coming to Sunday Fun Day. And you may be like, well, you're the pastor. It's not awkward for you. Can I tell you, it's awkward for me too. Let's just be real, right? It, it kind of gets uncomfortable when you invite somebody to church. Like, oh, I don't know. And you just slide it like, if you want to come, you know. It's like, you act like you're doing a drug deal. Hey, Here's the deal. It's a play. We believe found people find people. When you read the New Testament, when, when Philip and Andrew found the Messiah, man, they grabbed their buddies and they took them to a place where they could meet Jesus. All I'm asking you to do is be more passionate about your food, be more passionate about your football team, and go invite some. Don't do this mass invite to every Facebook friend. If you would like to come, go specifically invite somebody that you've been waiting to invite. You've been waiting for Christmas, 
or a Sunday. Go invite somebody to come with you next week and let's be found people that find people, that we're inviting people to come to a place where they can meet Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about, church. Um, that's, that's a huge, huge value for us here at Foundation Church. And college students, let me tell you something, it's free. It's free. It's free food. It's free everything. So invite your friends. I think we can have a bigger Easter than, than we've had. I mean, this can be bigger than Easter. I think, man, let's make sure that you got, this is like, this to me, I, I don't know why I'm doing all these drug references, but hey, that's where I'm at right now. This can be like our gateway drug into foundation shirts. Like, we're going to give you a little bit of the good stuff, and then it gets really good and addictive later. Um, so get people hooked on Jesus crack. Um, somebody's already tweeted it or Facebooked it. Get people hooked on Jesus crack. Hey, um, today we're in our last week of Facebook theology. That was not scriptural at all, just in case you were wondering. You will not find that in the Bible. But um, today our, 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 our message is entitled hashtag, or what I call hash browns, um, hashtag unfollow, hashtag unfollow. And um, there, are, there is a one thing that I'm very thankful about fa Facebook that you can unfollow or you can hide certain people, certain things. Um, it is a great tool, especially the hide button because they don't know that you hit them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we're still friends, but I don't see anything going on in your life. Um, so, and, and some of the reasons we hide people, we hide things is because, let's just be honest, some people annoy the mess out of you. I mean, they just, they annoy you, and you're like, I don't, I don't want to see another selfie of you in a duck face. I don't want to see that. I'm done. I'm done. Put some clothes on that, you know, I, I, and so you, you hide them. But the, I decided to research what's the most annoying things people do on Facebook. Now, I'm going to tell you, some of you do these things. Oh, no, you do, and you're about to get your feelings hurt. I did not make this list up, okay? So don't get mad at your pastor. If you do this, maybe you take it to heart and there's a little bit of change or you keep doing it and you just like being annoying. That's fine with me, I'm okay. I'm not calling you annoying. The experts are calling you annoying. Most researched annoying things to do on Facebook. Number one, and I couldn't agree with this more, Candy Crush and Farmville invites. Nobody wants to play with you. <laughs> Keep your toys to yourself. I'm just telling you. Don't send me. Okay, I need to move on because, yeah, I, I, yes, we got, my preaching time got shorter. So, um, getting invited to random things by people you don't know. You, they, you were a mutual friend and you don't really know them and they're inviting you to their pyramid scheme that will change your life. Stop it, just stop. This will change your life. Number three, getting poked. Do you guys remember getting poked on? What is that? What does that do? Like, it's kind of awkward. I'm like, what? I'm married. I don't know if you should. Anyways. Number four, the ever-elusive chain letter. It goes like this. Share this if you love Jesus. Keep scrolling if you love Satan. If you click like, you will be hash brown blessed. But if you ignore it, you will be cursed by God. You know, it's just like, oh, I got I got I got to like that. Got to share that. Got to share this with 10 people, you know. Um, and God will bless you with $10,000. 
And then number five, my last one, some of you are like, dang it, I did that. Some of you have done this and you're like, oh man. The social experiment. Social experiment goes like this, and I'm getting ready to make some people mad, but keep listening. I'm gonna post this on my wall, and I know most people won't read, take the time to read through it, but if you're really my friend, comment just one word on where we met, and I'll comment on your page next. Um, you've seen it, you've done it. Um, those are some of the uh, top five most annoying things to do on Facebook. And if that's you, man, we love you, and we are glad that you're here at Foundations Church. But here's, here's the deal. Um, it, it's a great advantage that we can unfollow, that we can hide things that we don't like. It's just great. Uh, I, I will be very honest. If you are super negative on social media, you're not in my newsfeed. I mean, if you're just the critic, when somebody says, just got a new car, just wait for it to break down, shut up. You know, just let the person be happy. You know, if, every, if the sky is falling every day for you, I don't know it, and I don't want, I mean, that sounds horrible, but I'm just like, ah, blah, 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 blah. I, I can hide you. I can, I can even unfollow you, and I'm, I'm okay with that. But here's the deal, is that we hide and we unfollow things we don't like or people we don't like, but what has become dangerous is that we, as followers of Christ, are starting to unfollow and starting to hide things that we don't like. That we don't, well, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't know if, if, if that, you know, part of the Bible is true. I don't know if that, well, maybe that's true for you, but it's not true for my situation. And we unfollow things that we don't like or, or really true, we don't wanna like in our current situation. And I would tell you this, as your pastor, as a, if you're going to be the true man, the fully devoted follower of Christ God has intended you to be, man, don't unfollow and hide what you don't like when it comes to the Bible. Don't unfollow and don't hide what you don't like. It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. It says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. Paul is talking to Timothy. He is, Timothy is, and Paul called Timothy his spiritual son. He's mentoring Timothy. He's instructing Timothy. And he says, you got to be faithful to the things you've been taught, Timothy. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Man, they were for you. They brought you up this way. They're for you. They were speaking truth. You can trust them. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, this is a, just a pivotal permanent verse that needs to be in your daily just life. All scripture is inspired by God. Can I tell you, in the Greek, the word all still means all. In the Hebrew, all still means all. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. I, I love this part, and we're gonna leave this up just for a second. It teaches us what is true. What, what, not what my emotions say about it, not what my feelings say about it. Because my emotions, your emotions, our emotions, our feelings can lie about the truth of a situation. 
But here's the great thing about the scripture. All scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true. And it doesn't stop there to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Can I tell you where a lot of us have missed it? Is that we're not in the word of God so we don't know what change needs to happen. The reason our life is dysfunctional is because our daily reading life is dysfunctional. And I will tell you, your pastor was never meant to be your main source of spiritual nutrition. It just, this was, no, no, no. This was to be an addition to you, but it's not to be the sole thing that you grow from because that's not enough. You're supposed to be in the word of God and it's alive and it's breathing and it's active. And it says, it shows us what is wrong, what corrections we need to make in our life. And what happens, we don't like when it says, hey, this this isn't true. The way you feel isn't true. This is what's wrong with you. We just say, well, no, no, no. Well, I'm going to unfollow that. I'm going to unlike that. And if we're going to be the people that God has called us to be, we can't unfollow everything we don't like because it doesn't agree with our opinion and our situation. We can't unfollow it. It teaches us what is wrong with our lives and it just doesn't leave us there. But it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. That's huge. It doesn't just show you this glaring problem and you've had those people in your life, man, this is wrong with you. This is, you know, the people at work, they're like, hey, we have this problem, but they never bring you a solution. You're like, well, great, I saw the problem. I need somebody to bring me a solution. The Bible doesn't just show you what is wrong, but it teaches you and I what to do that is right. How to correct it. It teaches us to do what is right, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. There's a a Bible called the Jefferson Bible. I've shared this before. But Thomas Jefferson, one of our presidents, that guy, he, um, he decided that when it came to the miracles of Jesus, he just didn't believe it. He just, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a bunch of fiction. And so he took his Bible and he marked out all the miracles of Jesus. He didn't follow it. He unliked it. He unfollowed before there was Facebook. And it is now known as the Jefferson Bible. And he, just, he just had a hard time believing that. And, and why you and I haven't taken a literal marker or ripped pages out of the Bible, we have decided to not follow certain aspects of what the Scripture says. And that's really, really dangerous. Can I tell you, that's how, I'll just be real honest, that's how cults are started. That is. Well, you know, there's a comet coming. Where is it at in the Bible? Oh, it's somewhere, but even if it's not, that's what I feel. No, 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 no. What does the Scripture teach us? It shows us what is wrong with us, but it also teaches us to do the right things and instructs us to do the right things. And we can't unfollow and we can't hide from the things we don't like, that you don't like. My beloved OU Sooners last week got whooped by Ohio State. Thank you, Ohio State, for being classy just then, um, for not going, woo, because I'm still a little bitter about that I had to wear a Buckeye shirt last week. And I... I I could have, I didn't do this because it would still be too painful, but I could have DVR'd the game and decided to 
Fast forward through all the parts of Ohio State scoring, which would have been most of the game, guys. Let's just be honest. But because I didn't like that part, I'm going to choose to ignore it. So all I'm seeing and all I'm receiving is, man, my Sooners are doing good. My Sooners have scored this many points. My Sooners have done this. It doesn't change the truth of the outcome. And can I tell you, it's the same thing with the Bible. Just because you don't want to follow it, just because you don't want to look at it, just because you choose to hide from it, doesn't mean that it's still not true. The outcome is the outcome. All scripture, Paul said, is inspired. You can try to reason it away. You can try to feel it away. You can excuse yourself away, but it's the truth. The Bible says this too. It says, um, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 through 13 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. And it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's kind of what I was just talking about. What we hide, we protect. But what we expose, we surrender. Man, the Bible exposes who we really are. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable I tell you, I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. He says this, the big problem is not whether the Bible is true. That's not the problem. The big problem is whether it's true in you. Big problem's not whether the Bible is true. That's, That's not the problem. What has happened is that it's not true in us. And we're the ones supposed to be following the scriptures, following the word of God. If if you're going to be that fully devoted, that man, that woman of God, if you're going to be the student that God has called you, the employer, the employee, the husband, the wife, the child, the kid, man, the parent, wherever you are in life, the grandparent, wherever you may be, can I tell you, you can't do it apart from the Word of God. Because it shows us where we've gone wrong, and it shows us how to do it right. It is our instruction manual for God, to, to life and from God. And can I tell you, it, it's not that it's not true. The question and the problem is, is it true in you or do you just hide and do you just unfollow the parts you don't like? Because can I tell you, as your pastor, I mean, I want you to live like Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. I want you to live that life. I want you to live a full, full life. And that only happens if we are students of God's word. If you don't know where to start, I will tell you, jump in John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. John, and just keep reading till the end. When you get to Revelations, you're going to have a whole lot of questions. That's all right. You'll be like, what is monkeys with helicopters? It's okay. Just keep reading. We win. Keep reading. But be a student. The second thing I would tell you is this, how you receive correction will determine if you stay on course. How you receive correction will determine if you stay on course. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17 says this, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. And some of you, you need to write this down and write it on your forehead and write it on your mirror. People who accept discipline on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. This past week, after Sunday, me and my dad got on a plane and uh, we went to Myrtle Beach for a father-son 
golf tournament. I, golf tournament. It felt like it. We played five rounds in like two and a half days. Um, but we, we father-son golf trip. And um, some of you are like, must, my dad paid for it all. Bless life. Um, you know, as... We had a great time, and we went to a place I had never been, and some courses my dad had never been to, and so we didn't know how to get everywhere. There were some restaurants we went to, because we ate good, Um, and so there were some restaurants. I'm like, Dad, we got to try this place out. I was was researching the food while he was researching the golf, and so um, we would pull it up on our Google's map, right? Google's map app or your regular Apple map app. You say that yourself and see how good you do. Um, and, and we'd pull it up. And because we had never been down that road, you know, I had it on my app. But even with the app, some of you, you're this way. You know, I get distracted talking. I'd be like, oh, we, we missed our turn. Starbucks was back there. I need my caffeine, you know. And we'd have to turn around and, and the person be like, rerouting you now, rerouting you now, you know. And I just want one that says, turn left now, dummy. Um, that's what I want. You know, I want one that's just like, hey, stupid, pay attention because your turn's coming up. Some of you are like, I'll make that up for you. But we, had, we were going down a road we had never been down And it was, even with the app, even with somebody instructing me where to go, you know what? I was bound to take wrong turns still. And and in life, can I tell you, you've got this instruction manual called the Bible. You've got people surrounding you that are for you, but you're still going to take wrong turns because you've never experienced today, ever. You're going to experience things in your future you've never experienced. And so you're going to make mistakes. You're going to take wrong turns. And I'm going to tell you something. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some room, some grace. It's okay to make mistakes. However, (laughs) where we go is that when me and my dad, we would miss a turn and it would reroute us and it would reroute us. It was never, we were never going to get to the course, to the destination we wanted to get to unless we took action. And for some of us, we know we've taken the wrong turn. We know we've missed our turn, but we've never taken the action to correct our course because we haven't received correction correctly. And because we haven't received correction, it is dictating the path that our life is taking. And you and me, man, man, there's people saying, I'm for you. But you missed, you, you missed your turn. I, I'm for you, but, but, but you, you're, you're, your turn's coming up and you're, you're not where you need to, you're not, you're, you, you gotta get there. You, got, you gotta get there. And your ability and my ability to receive correction, to take correction, is gonna determine where our life ends up. The course, the destination that our life ends up at. And can I tell you the number one, man, the biggest thing that will keep you and I from receiving correction is pride. It's pride. You don't believe me? When we all had the Rand McNally atlases, you know what I'm talking about, uh, man, and you'd get them out and you'd highlight your route and you'd flip over to the next state when you get in the next state and be like, every road is on this book of maps, you know, until the next year. And so um, you would have atlases and you had maps. That's the way we did it back in the old day, kids. Um, and you would, you would you'd get this map out, you know, and, and you, would, you would know where to go and it was awesome and it was wonderful and you were figuring out where you were gonna go. But if you got lost as a man, you figured it out, didn't you? 
You didn't stop at a grocery store and, or a, a convenience store and say, hey, hey, I, I met Mr. Turn. I don't know where I'm at. No, 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 no. There's too much pride. Let's just, it is what it is. It's pride. You don't believe me? Check a man going to the grocery store and he doesn't know where he's going. I can be at Reesers and Casey has sent me there to look for some flaxseed something. And I'm like, what is this devil stuff? And I'm in the aisles of flaxseed and a person from Reesers can say, can I help you, sir? I'm like, no, I know. I, I got it. I got it. I'm looking for flaxseed, and I know right where it isn't. So I'm going to find it eventually. Why, why do I do it? Because I don't want to admit I need correction. And you know what? If we're, if we're that stubborn and that prideful when it comes to just the simple things, you and I, we're big time prideful when it comes to us living our lives. And it's not so much that we know it all, it's that we think we're at a place in life that we should know it all. And as a result, we don't heed correction, we don't receive correction, and what happens is we miss our turn. And the Bible says this, in Proverbs chapter 11, verses one through two, it says, the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. And we're gonna explain that in just a second. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Now, the first verse says, the Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. Why, why would that be there? Because it has nothing to do when you and I read it with the second verse. We're like, okay, God, thanks for that, but that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Are you ADD here or what's going on? And when you start, I love digging into the scriptures. When you start studying what the scriptures mean and say, verse one is kind of a pun that adds into verse two. Because here's what verse one is saying. Both false weights, God is saying this, both false weights and arrogant people claim to be heavier than they really are. Claim to, to, to be heavier, to be of more substance than what they really truly are. And this, this part of Proverbs implies and links arrogance and pride to fraud and deceit. But it links humility to wisdom and moral integrity. And Proverbs 13.10 feeds right into this. It says, pride leads to conflict, but those who take advice are wise. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. It's pride. It's pride that keeps us from correction. And if we don't learn to receive correction, we are not going to stay on the life, we, on the course we want our life to be on. Can I tell you, pride is a lot like these earplugs right here, that we have earplugs. If you, if I see a bunch of, uh, of our people wear earplugs, and let me put a disclaimer on this, it's not just for the older people. There are a lot of, I can't even get this open. Dear Jesus, help me right now. Give me the strength of Samson. Um, Here's the deal, as this, this is pride. Pride keeps you from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. It does, it keeps you from hearing other people's voices and their correction. And when you put, allow pride in your life, you can't hear what other people are trying to say to you. 
This, this affects the way I talk right now. I, I can't, it's hard for me to talk. It's hard, I feel like I'm in a tunnel and I can't hear anything right now. But this is what pride does. It doesn't allow you to receive correction because you know it all. You can, you can explain it all because you know enough of the Bible to be dangerous but not willing and, and humble enough to follow it. And so we, we fill ourselves up with pride. And we can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We can't receive correction from other people. That, as Paul said, man, you know these people, they're for you. But we can't receive the correction. Why? Because we have allowed pride in. And here's the deal. We're the ones that put it in our lives. Can I tell you, pride, pride is like the, the artery blocker of your spiritual life. It's like the cholesterol of your soul. It just blocks things and creates blockage to where there is not a supply of you and the Holy Spirit being able to converse and being able to hear. But once again, what I love about the Bible is that it doesn't just show us what's wrong with our lives, does it? But it shows us what to do that's right and how to correct our lives and how to receive correction. It says this in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31 through 32. It says, if you listen to constructive criticism, and let's stop. Everybody that criticizes you isn't for you. You need to know that. Some of you, you listen to everybody's criticism. There are always going to be haters. There are always going to be people that oppose you and you didn't do anything. Every mid-hire in this place, listen to me. There are going to be people that just don't like you and they don't have a reason. Don't listen to them because they are not for you. You cannot trust them. There's always going to be criticism, but Proverbs says this very specifically, if you listen to constructive criticism, people who are for you, people who you can trust, people that you want to model your life after. Some of you, you're, some of us, we are listening to people that we're trying, we're trying, we are listening to guys who are the worst fathers giving us father advice. Don't listen to them. I just tell you, we're listening to guys that are giving us advice on how to be a great husband and they're on their eighth marriage. Don't listen to them. I'm just being honest. You're listening to your girlfriend about how to treat your husband and she isn't even married. Don't listen to her. That got personal, but that's not constructive criticism. You and I, we have to listen to constructive criticism and the promise is you will be at home among the wise. But if you reject discipline, you'll only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you'll grow in understanding. You and I need people like this in our life. We need people that just speak correction into our life so that our life can stay on course. Because can I tell you, you're gonna take wrong turns. And you need people that care more about you than your feelings to speak into your life and speak correction. I told my board about a month ago, I, I sat down and there was a, another pastor that had just a moral failure that I, I mean, awesome church, awesome man, listened to a sermon, fantastic preacher and had another moral failure. And I looked at my board and I go, I don't wanna be one of those pastors. I, I give every single one of you around this table 
permission to speak to, if you see me taking a wrong turn, if you see me going a, a, a dangerous way, and maybe I'm not even doing anything wrong, but I'm just trending in a bad way, speak up. Give me constructive criticism. Bring me correction because I want my life to stay on the path that I'm desiring it to be at so that I finish well. And you and I, we need what I call you got something in your teeth, people, in our lives. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You go to dinner, I'm closing with this. You go to like dinner with like, you go to your connect group, or you go to like a, a, a business dinner or something like that, and you're going around, you're eating appetizers, and you're talking to people, and you get something lodged up in your tooth, and nobody says anything to you about it until you get to the bathroom. And it's been there a while. I mean, you remember the, it still looked like what you ate. You know what it was. And you're like, why didn't I, why didn't anybody tell me I look nasty, you know, talking with somebody, how you doing? You know, I mean, you're like, come on, man. Somebody, somebody, but, but here's the deal. When somebody says something to you, when somebody's like, hey, hey, Jeremy, bro, you got something right here. No, not that one. Not, not that. The next, my, my kids and my wife do this all the time. I've got this one spot I get food stuck in. They're like, Dad, you got something in your spot. And I'm like, dang it. And I'm like this. I'm like, how about now? And they're like, no. And I'm like, how about now? And I mean, I'm like making my gum bleed. I'm like, how about now? You know? But you know what they, they do, those, those people? You got something in your teeth, people? They keep you from looking foolish. And, and can I tell you, Hearing correction, hearing you got something in your teeth, it's a little embarrassing still. You're like, oh, you know, you're kind of like, like look, look away, I'm hideous. You know, you, kinda, you have that moment. It's kind of like when somebody tells you your fly's unzipped. I would rather somebody tell me my fly's unzipped than me go around with my fly open. And when you see, receive that correction, you know what? It's kind of embarrassing. You're like, I should have known better. I but you need people like that in your life. I need people like that in my life. You need, you got something in your teeth, people, that you give them permission to speak in your life. And not that they just speak in your life, but you receive the correction. Because let me go back to our point, and it's simply this. How you and I receive correction will determine if you stay on course. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 19:20. It says, listen to advice and accept correction. <laughs> That's so good. Listen to the advice. Listen to what the people who you've entrusted, you're, you got something in your teeth, people. Listen to advice and accept their correction. Accept what the Word of God says to you. Not because you like it, but because it's true. Accept correction. And in the end, oh man, this is so good. You will be wise. That's so strong. In the end, you won't have a bunch of regret. You won't have a bunch of, I wish I had a redo on this. You won't have a bunch of sorrow. You won't have caused a lot of pain. But it says this, if you will listen to advice, if you and I will accept correction, if we will listen to advice and accept correction, you and I, in the end, when our lives are done, 
And this is my goal as your pastor and for my life, for your life. In the end, when we're done and we're all gonna come to an end, people will look at you and they'll look at me and they say, man, they did it. They lived their life so well. And they were so wise in the way they lived their life. And if we're gonna end in wisdom, we've gotta listen to advice and accept correction. Because the Bible doesn't just show us what's wrong. It shows us what to do. And I don't want you to miss your turn because your turn's coming up. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And Lord, I pray this morning, speak to us right where we are. I thank you for what you've done, for the hearts you've encouraged. But Lord, there's some of us, this morning we've been hiding what our reality is with you. And as a result, we've been protecting it. But God, I pray this morning, have your way. Because some of us, we need to get it right right now. Because we're not in, our, in a right relationship with you. We need to recommit our life. So speak to us right now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here today, you say, Justin, I'm here and I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ, or you've never made that decision. I'm gonna count to three and I want you to raise your hand right where you are. We're gonna lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand and there's two hands. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted across this place. Is there anyone else? It may take me a little bit to see your hand. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You say, Justin, that's me. That's me. There's one more hand. There's three hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. That's me. Man, I just need to get things right. This is my first step. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've messed up. It's on me. But I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give these three individuals that raised their hand a huge round of applause? What an awesome awesome, awesome day. Man, I love what God's doing in this church. Believe, belong, become. Join us in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and our youth service FC Students is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. For more information or to check us out online, visit us at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.